City Maniac, the wit from the mitt, the Great Lakes Grandmaster, the Motown Madman, the Mittens Killer Kitten. We ran out of nicknames. You're listening to Louder with Crowder. Good day to you. I am your aforementioned host, Stephen Crowder. As always, the most insubordinate sidekick producer in radio, Fun Dip Dan, is here. Zeke Steven, now I'm going to behave. Okay. <laughs> ah, so this is a week, let me tell you. Um, we can get right into it. Obviously, the, the only major stories to have occurred in the news are, are Amtrak and, and George Stephanopoulos. But I'm going to get personal a little bit with you guys here, and we always try and keep it light, but this has been a heavy week for the Louder with Crowder crew. Um, the week started off where we exposed Osama Sablani there in Dearborn, Michigan, editor-publisher of the largest Arab-American publication in the country. And um, he said that Pam Geller was worse than ISIS. He said that on air on My Fox. Is it My Fox 2, My Fox 5 in Detroit? Yeah, Fox 2. Fox 2 in Detroit. Nobody else picked it up. We picked it up. And we then did an expose. You can find this at lotterwithcrowder.com. A man who has supported Hezbollah, Hamas, ISIS, incredibly anti-Semitic, hilariously a Ron Paul supporter, but that's not important right now. And uh, let me tell you, the, the guest today... I need to set this context for you. The guest today is a woman who emailed me through Facebook, rather, that she has converted from Islam. She's left the faith, and she is in hiding pretty much from her husband. She's, she's away from her husband. She's trying to protect her children from her husband. This is happening right now. This is not someone who converted years ago. This is an American woman who converted to Islam in, I, I believe, 2007, 2008, got married, and is now fleeing. And the catalyst for that was, was my video, our videos. I don't say this to be, to be building my resume here. I say it to, to, again, provide context. So because of the video that we created, she began questioning her faith. She began asking questions to her husband and imams, and, and those caused severe problems. And she ultimately decided that she could no longer rectify it, and she had to leave the faith. So you'll hear that later on. Uh, full disclosure, this, this, we never talk about this on air. We're supposed to act as though it's, it's a pre-tape interview that we're bringing to you for security reasons. We had to go back, distort her voice, completely cover up her identity. Uh, we refer to her as Q. You will hear that at the half hour. So understand that it's, uh, your radio is not broken, <laughs> but we had to make sure that she was safe because, listen, this is, this is what happens when you leave the faith of Islam, even in the, in the United States. And she makes some incredible claims some incredible claims about Islam, about Islamic marriage, about how women are treated here in the United States. She has come forward to debunk some of the myths. Of, she says, listen, this is moderate Islam. I am an American woman who converted. And you'll hear her story afterward. We will fact check everything she says, because if it sounds too extreme to be true, everything that she says we will reference, we will fact check. So 
all of this is happening this week. We were on the eve of this, and Lauderworth Crowder has been targeted for attacks, for censorship, to be shut down by Muslim groups. CARE has had me on their list for a long time. It's a veiled terrorist organization. They've got Salman Rushdie, Mark Stein, Pam Geller, and me right there on their list. Yeah. Veiled? Yeah, veiled. Yeah, exactly. Um, And a man, a Los Angeles city councilman, was fired for posting my article. For posting my article. And if you read it, you can go read it. It, it's, it was actually not even a personal column. It was China makes major moves to ban Islam. And they do. They're making moves. In other words, they're no longer letting women uh, wear certain headdresses that they see as a violation of security. They're forcing Muslim shopkeepers to sell cigarettes and alcohol. Now, of course, and in the column I say we should not be communist China. Of course not. The United States should not be like communist China. But China does recognize the problem with Islamic law superseding Chinese law. Now, Chinese law is horrible. It's terrible. American law isn't. So they are basically enforcing one bad law uh, and, and, and basically shutting down other terrible laws to enforce a bad law. So I get that, and no point do I in this article on China. Again, it's at lottowithcredit.com. Do I support Chinese communism? But I do say, listen, they're willing to recognize, because, listen, the, the communists, they don't care about political correctness. They're willing to say, hey, this is, this is wrong. We can't allow Islam to come in and f- subvert our laws like we've seen in Europe. And uh, by the way, there have been some lofty attacks made on me that Stephen says we should ban Islam in the United States. I didn't say that. But you know what? I will respond to that. I will respond to that, and we can maybe respond after the break. But let me tell you this. We'll start with this, and my good friend Chris and I were talking about this. Cults, cults, and Islam is a cult. Cults that supersede the Constitution are already illegal. So keep that in mind. In this country, cults that supersede the Constitution are already illegal. It's why the Manson family is illegal. It's why the the extremist Mormons who want to go off on their communes and and marry 15 women are evil. I'm not saying that's all Mormons. I'm talking about extreme sects, so hold your letters. That is already illegal. So as you listen to this interview with Q, codename, and you hear her comments on Islamic marriage, I want you to think if that sounds like something that should be legal, the way it's being conducted in the United States. But I say this to let you know that there has been a a concerted effort to shut down what we're doing here. We had the biggest month ever in April. Well, let's give you a full disclosure, over 5 million page views, hundreds of thousands of listeners to this very show and podcast. And uh, we've made it. Several, what's that? That's all because I joined Twitter and started posting pictures of my cats, though. This is exactly what it is. So I know this sounds heavy, but we, we've just employed new people, and um, and they're going after us. They're going after us hard. We're not a news organization. It is entirely independent, so we can really use your support. Your support can start by just visiting the website, ladderwithcredit.com, just sharing the content. Uh, right now, we're not asking for, for we're not ha- you know asking for a handout. Just support the content because you need to know that there's been a really uh, strong war behind the scenes to shut down what we're doing here. And uh, and I think a big part of it is listen. This interview is coming out. There are some exposés, and and um, enemies aren't happy about it. So we'll come back. We'll talk about the Goldbergs. We'll lighten it up a little bit. Louder with Crowder. We still love you. 
You're listening to Louder with Crowder. Follow Stephen at S. Crowder. Follow Fun Dip at Fun Dip Dan. You've got it on Louder with Crowder. Gee, thank you for the warning, Fun Dip. He just runs back to the seat last second and points to me. Good Lord. Do you at least have your coffee? or is it- Yeah, that's what was taking so long. Do you have it or is it brewing? Oh, you've got it. Okay, good. That- uh, right here, the nectar of the gods. That Folger Maxwell House crap. No, not Maxwell House. That is crap. But Folgers, that's the best part of waking up, man. It's like Mike Birbiglia says, if Folgers is the best part of waking up, I don't want to wake up anymore. <laughs> um, you know, by the way, you have to remove from your Twitter, at FunDipDan, for anyone who doesn't know, coffee aficionado. Folgers does not a coffee aficionado make. It's like saying, I'm a beer snob, Coors Light. <laughs> <laughs> coffee aficionados, you know, you go down to Mad. So, coffee addict, addict yeah. would might be better. Exactly, you're a junkie. You're, you know, you're performing. I, I'm for... getting the under the bridge heroin coffee, not yes. the highfalutin cocaine coffee. You're you're performing favors for a gentleman under a bridge for packets of Nescafe. Exactly, that's exactly what. It... <laughs> so Aficionado. we will get. We will get to the interview with. This woman who is converting from Islam. And, and, you know, listen, everyone else is going to be talking about the same thing. Amtrak, Stephanopoulos, and, and we'll, we'll talk about that. I know this is a long interview with this woman, but give it your time. I, I've got to know, though. I mean, how much controversy can there possibly be with a big, furry elephant? I mean, I just don't understand it. Oh, I see what you did. Snuffle up, I guess. I see what you did there. And that was terrible. <laughs> George Stephanopoulos, for those of you who don't know, uh, ABC News. I mean, do you call him an, a reporter, journalist, anchor? He was uh, on Friends. I mean, isn't he just like a, a two-bit actor, basically, at this point? I, I don't know what you call him, but he works for ABC, does the news, and he's given $75,000 to the Clinton Foundation nonprofit, said it was a mistake. I mean, we've talked about this a on mistake. air. A mistake. How do you give $75,000 as a mistake? I haven't even made $75,000 since I started working in 1986. Then you have a problem. But, I mean, it's like, he's at, yeah, he's acting like, it's, like he found a 20 in his coat jacket. Oh, I'll just put this in this box here. It says donate, and I don't know what to do with it. Be a heavy-ass jacket. Oh, what? There was 75 grand in there? Oh, <laughs> It, it's that kind of stuff that just you just want to slap them. Well, I mean, here's the thing. We've talked about it. and We had Larry King on the show, and a lot of people missed it. For, for everything you see like this, you know, that's, that's very sensationalized, there's a case like we had with Larry King where he said, you know, I don't think uh, Fox News anymore can elect presidents. And that's very telling because he was saying, I believe that media beforehand used to be able to elect presidents. He believed it was the role of media to elect presidents. You know, Walter Cronkite said you couldn't be a journalist and, and not be a liberal. So every time you see something like this where Stephanopoulos blatantly, blatantly uh, violates, I guess, journalistic ethics, 
you know, or Brian Williams blatantly lying. There's 20, 30, 40 soft examples behind the scenes of people just doing it and not even realizing. It's the same thing, by the way, with Islam, like we're talking about. Every, everyone wants to talk about the terrorists. Everyone wants to talk about the people blowing planes up and blowing people up and burning Christians alive. And that's terrible. But for those extremists, you have a huge portion, a much larger portion of Islam who support the prosecution and the killing of people who draw Muhammad. You have a huge portion for every for every person who's blown up. You have probably several hundred people like me who are targeted online to silence our voices. I will tell you, our revenue on YouTube, that's where we make our living right now, folks. There's a squeeze. It's dropped by 90%. Even though more people are watching, more people are listening, more people are sharing than ever. And it's because Muslims online, not Islamists, not terrorists, Muslims online, flag any voices of dissent as hate speech. As hate speech, hate speech, hate speech. So it gets removed. We have to get them back up. Advertisers pull out. That is what they are doing. There is a, this is a cultural Marxism. There is a war right now on your ability to speak. And you know what's funny? I don't hear many people who disagree with it anymore. There used to be a time I'd say maybe 90% of Americans would say, oh, yeah, you know, but they're extremists. They're just a few extremists. Islam is a religion of peace. I'd say now it's probably 50-50. A lot of people are getting tired of it. A lot of people are saying, hey, hey, there's a real trend here. This is bad. And, and yeah, it's, it's something that needs to be addressed, Islam. You'll occasionally even see Democrats chiming in on the issue on a side that starts to notice what's going on, which is interesting. Right. Yeah. And by the way, I'm not talking. I, I, I'm doubling down. People are like, well, Stephen didn't say radical Islamists. I'm not because I'm not addressing radical Islamists. I'm not addressing terrorism. I talked about this on the Dana show. You have... The Westboro Baptist Church has 12 members, nine of which are the guy's family. And they talk about them on the media all the time. And then you have a group that consists of hundreds of Muslims, on the low end, 800 Muslims out of the 1.5 billion, who believe that you should be prosecuted and maybe ultimately killed for drawing Muhammad or converting. That's extreme enough for me. That's enough for me to address. If there were a white Christian American, if there was a contingency of even a hundred thousand white Americans who believed that you should be prosecuted for saying something offensive to their faith, which uh, faith which is perfectly allowable under American law, you can bet that I would protest. But guess what? It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. And out of the two point something million Muslims in the United States, most of them believe that crap. Most of them believe that crap. I am not talking about radical Islamists, okay? You'll hear this interview with this woman. You'll hear the kind of abuse she had to deal with with her husband. You'll hear the fact that she was not allowed to work. You'll hear the fact that she was not allowed to have friends or leave the house without her permission. You'll hear the fact that her marriage was never legally recognized. It was an Islamic marriage, and if she wants to leave, she has no way out, and all he has to do is say divorce, divorce, divorce three times. These are verifiable facts, and this is the way Islam operates in the United States of America, damn it. I am not, let me make it crystal clear, I am not talking about terrorists or extremists. I am talking about Islam. I am talking about anyone who believes or takes Muhammad's 
words or writing or pseudo writing because he was illiterate. Literally. Anyone who does, I'm talking about all of it and I'm fighting all of it. So come at me, bro. Because you have, listen, it's been a tough week. It has been a tough week. They have tried to squeeze us. I'm not doing the thing where I just sound the alarm, doomsday. I'm telling you, there is a mounting attack right now on free speech in this country. And by the way, like we were saying, most people are acknowledging it. You can tweet me at S. Crowder what you think, but most people are acknowledging the, the threat. And the one, the only place where they're not is still the media, is still academia. They're behind where they go, well, no, it's a very small contingency and Islam is peaceful. That's the only place. And the problem is they control the information. So if you say, hey, Muhammad was evil. Hey, Muhammad beat his wife. If you, if you, if you speak factually, these information gatekeepers can block you. And that's what they're trying to do. That's what you see with Facebook now. You'll notice your timeline is going to become more and more liberal because they've changed their algorithms. They now have editorial control over what you can and cannot read. It's it's there is there is there is absolutely a war on information right now. But they're not yeah. going to cut down on the Star Trek, the Star Wars, and the cats for me, right? They probably are. Don't prob- cut down my cat picture feed. I know. Sorry, I haven't made enough cat picture references thus far this week. It's been, uh, I know, I know, listen, I get it. It's a more intense show than, than, than it usually is, but this is a huge week. We are at a turning point, and um, Von Depp is, is more interested in cats. By the way, the Amtrak, before we get into this interview, the Amtrak uh, situation, don't you love Von Depp, how this situation, you know, okay, there are some issues that occur that are newsworthy that require cultural commentary, like Baltimore, right? That inherently yeah. is cultural Political in nature, it's riots, historical. The Amtrak tragedy requires no more commentary than, oh my, oh my gosh, that's terrible prayers for the families. That's really all you can say. They're trying to turn it into a big political discourse, and it's obnoxious. That's what, that's what leftists are doing right now. Well, if you didn't cut funding. If you, so before the bodies are even assuming room temperature, the left is politicizing it. Um, and we can talk more about that when well, we can't get into all of it. So those are the main stories. Amtrak, George Stephanopoulos. But what we are doing is not just focusing on the news this week, but bringing you and creating a story. You need to hear this story from Q, the woman who's leaving Islam, because you're not going to hear this anywhere else. This is very rare. And, and listen, I, I hope she knows. I hope she knows what she's in for um, coming out with, with, with this story, because... Islam does not lose a lot of team members. And that's why they kill you. There's also the myth. We're going to be addressing that. Is Islam the fastest growing religion in the world? That's what Omar Sablani there in Dearborn wants to tell you. But guess what? Christianity would still be the fastest growing religion in the world if they just subjugated or killed people who didn't convert. So a lot to that myth. It's a big show. Stay tuned. Louder with Crowder.
Hey, this is Steven Crowder with Louder with Crowder to tell you about one of my favorite sites on the web, AR15.com. I know you hear AR15 say, isn't that the scary black rifle? It is, but AR15.com is actually the best website if you want a community from which to learn about how to care for your gun, gun safety, where to find concealed permits, courses, as well as the best online gun store in the business. I'm talking ammo, accessories, upgrades, all of it can be found at AR15.com. That's AR15.com. You're listening to Louder with Crowder. The voice of our next guest has been altered to protect the innocent. Back here, Lotto with Crowder. So glad to have this next guest. Um, we're going to use a code name here, code name Q. And let me tell you why it'll make more sense. I got a message on Facebook, and I get quite a few of these, uh, but this one really caught my eye. Because of the nature of it, this was a young lady who talked about having watched one of my videos, one of the Quran Challenge videos, and actually having gone through a pretty big transition in in leaving the Islamic faith. So you can imagine that she wants to keep her identity under wraps. Her name is not, in fact, Q. But uh, for today, that is her name. Q, thank you so much for coming on. Hi, thank you. <laughs> okay. I know it's awkward using the, the different yeah. name here. So, um, listen, I got your, your message. So yeah. I guess, you know what, just sort of, I don't want to speak for you. Kind of walk me through... What what happened here? You were you were you were a Muslim, I guess, to begin with, or or where did it start? Um, no, I was raised Christian my entire life, um, Pentecostal, and um, most of my friends were Muslim. Um, I went through a rough patch, and I turned to Islam. And at the time, I um, you know I thought it was exactly what I needed in my life. Um, it came like in such a quick whirl, like whirlwind in my life, um, and I converted. I um, converted during Ramadan. Like, oh, that's a rough time to convert. Yeah, <laughs> you you went in I with both really, feet. I felt really pressured into it at the time, you know, because all my friends were Muslim, and um, I wasn't living at home at the time. Um, wasn't on great terms with my family. And, yeah, it was just a time in my life where I really felt like um, like I felt failed by Christians, and I, at the time I felt failed by God, you know? And, sure. Um, Islam, you know, my Muslim friends were the ones there for me, and they kind of took me under their wing, and um, they were teaching me things, and I really had no idea much about it at the time. Sure. Um, and my cousin was Muslim. She converted, she married a Muslim man. And, um, I was really at their house a lot and they started taking me to the mosque. And, um, yeah, everybody just like, when you walk into a mosque and you're not Muslim, they just kind of like, you know, right. I'll come at you. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine it's, uh, yeah, big time. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, so this happened. So I think that's a story. Mm -hmm. I mean, people would argue that's not necessarily exclusive to Islam, that a lot of people find right. faith of any variety when they're when they're in a rough spot in their life. Right. So for how long were you uh, practicing Muslim? Um, since 2008. 
Okay, so since 2008. And yeah. this was a recent leaving from the message you sent? Yeah, me. about two months ago. Okay, so yeah. um, now not to sound self-aggrandizing, you mentioned that a big a big part of it was in watching one of my videos that you, you yeah. learned some things you hadn't known and it mm-hmm. sort of caused you to explore it a little more? Right, well, I, you know, through my years, I've seen a lot of things in Islam that are horrible things. I mean, I've seen, I've heard, I've witnessed terrible things um, from Muslims and, you know, and it stems from Islam. It's not like you can say, oh, well, you know, anybody's bad, but no, like horrible things through Islam. And I always kind of look at it with rose-colored glasses on, you know, um, but over the few past few months, I was feeling like, you know, something's not right here. Um, you know, seeing young girls being forced into marriage and all these things. And I was just, um, I was sitting at home and I seen a rebuttal video of a Muslim aide to one of yours. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Talk Islam. We invited him on the show and, uh, no, no interest. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I see that, and I was like, well, you know, he was talking about the Quran challenge, and I was like, well, I've never, you know, I wanted to see the original video that he was doing the rebuttal to, so I watched it, and I was like, wow, like, I didn't know some of that stuff about, you know, I used to be six, and um, you were saying all these um, surahs, and I ended up looking them all up, and, um, you know, I was asking my, texting my Muslim friends and my husband at the time, you know, what's this about, and what does this one mean, and, you know, no one really, they just kind of dance around it, you know, like, well, yeah, that's true, but, you know, right. Christians do it too, you know, right. type of thing, which isn't true. And so I ended up watching all your videos. <laughs> and Oh, geez. Yeah, the more I was watching, the more I was just like, wow, like, this is, he's so right on, you know? And a lot of it I didn't know, and so I started looking it up, and Whatever, and then that night I was, I decided for myself I was done. I was done. Oh, <laughs> there wow. There was no way, there was no way I could justify it anymore. You know, I had come to a point where it had gotten to be so many um, signs that, you know, this isn't right. Like, it's it's not right. It's evil. Yeah. And it is. It's, it's not, there's nothing peaceful about it. There's nothing beautiful about it. It's well, people. I guess to, to the to the people who would say if if that's the case and you see that now, why didn't mm-hmm. you see that as someone who you know was was old enough uh, to make mm-hmm. a critical decision and and entered into the faith? What do you think? Right. Why didn't you know that then? Um, on hindsight, looking back, because I asked myself that, you know, um, as someone I think I have a lot of common sense, and um, looking back, I asked myself the same thing: Why didn't I see it sooner? Um, especially coming from a Christian family who, you know, would warn me and pray for me and all these things. And I was really, really searching for something different from what I was raised in. And Mm -hmm. I was really angry at God for a long time. And um, I don't know, I think I just looked at it with rose-colored glasses on. You know, like I would hear things and I would go to an imam and I would go to somebody and I would say, this is what I heard, this is what I read in the Quran, and you know, I don't understand that. I don't necessarily like it. You know, can you explain it to me? And they would explain it. And you got to understand this. Well, ho- hold on one second. We have to okay. we have to go to a break real quick because I, I don't want to cut you off. Lada with Crowder. Okay, yes. We will be back with Codename Q after this.
You're listening to Louder with Crowder. Listening to Louder with Crowder. But you're a strange animal. I got to follow. We are back with my guest. I don't want to interrupt her. Uh, quick recap: Codename Q, because she converted from Islam, and is this is the first time she's she's talking about it this publicly. And uh, you were just telling us about how you would go when you began questioning to your imams, and uh, mm-hmm. that's the stage. Okay, sorry. Continue. Okay. Um, yeah. So I was looking at it with rose-colored glasses on. Um, and they would, you know, just tell you just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it's wrong or doesn't mean it's not right. And, you know, there's a lot of things we don't understand with God and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I understood and I accepted. Um, but you got to understand with Islam, there's such a deceptive spirit that comes along with it. And unless you like experienced it firsthand, you, you know, you wouldn't understand it, but it's, um, you know, you got to think there's all these women that convert to Islam daily. You know, I know hundreds of American women who've converted to it. And there's, it's just, it's a deceptive spirit. There's something about it. You know, people look at it and say, oh, it's so bad, it's so bad. But well, let me when ask you're you involved this. in it, yeah. I was going to ask you this because you talk about women converting. And, you know, the truth yeah. is, statistically, there aren't a ton of people mm-hmm. who convert, it's it's usually uh, obligatory or birth rates is how Islam is, is really growing, but there are some people who convert. What is, and forgive me, I'm not asking this to be mm-hmm. rude, but what yeah. could possibly be the appeal for a woman to convert yeah. to something as oppressive as Islam? I mean, what's the thought process yeah. there? Okay, you know, I get that a lot. Um, and the thing about it is most of the time when a girl converts, it's for a man. Most of the time, you know, they, they right. meet a Muslim man who sweeps them off their feet and they fall in love and they make you feel protected and they make you feel special. And they tell you all the time, you know, we believe that heaven Ghana, is lies beneath the woman's feet and you get to heaven through the woman. And um, I don't I, I can't explain it. There's this attraction to it where they're protective and they care and um do you think maybe it's also sort of because uh, listen let's be honest that's been lost Mm -hmm. in modern society a lot of men are just sort of there's a lot of objectification and you feel like oh they're they're more gentlemanly would would that be fair exactly like chivalry isn't bad with them you know they sure they just they treat you like you're a queen on top of the world you know they they treat you so amazing at first Right, And then usually you'll hear, like, once you marry the man and start having kids with the man, it changes. You know, it does. Sure. It doesn't stay that way. That's how they get you. <laughs> and then and then once you're in it, then you realize, you know, most people realize, some don't, but you realize that it's not, it's kind of not what you signed up for. You know, there's, I know hundreds of girls who converted and then, you know, they thought it was the love of their life, and then they end up getting their, getting beat up every day. And, um, you know, I was married, and I wasn't allowed to work. I wasn't allowed to have friends. Every time I got a friend, he'd find something wrong with the friend. Um, you know, I couldn't go anywhere. Um, barely he could even go to a restaurant. Um, you know, you're, and you're saying essentially because you're a lot just of people, a TV maker. Well, a lot of people would say. 
and and I can understand where they're coming. They would say, well, that you're talking to a woman who who left because of a bad husband, and so she's just she's right. using it to tarnish all of Islam. That that's that's an exception. That's not the rule. That this isn't particularly common. It was just your case. Oh no, um, it's very common. <laughs> is it really really common? And that's the dangerous thing about Islam. And I really feel like that that's how Islam is going to start taking, really making its way in this country. Is there? I mean. People don't realize how many girls convert daily and how many girls, um, you know, like that. I think that's how they're going to get through this country is they convert the girls. They have tons of children with the girls and then they raise those kids Muslim. You know, I know hundreds and it happens every day and it's not it's not uncommon. Now, how it's do you know really hundreds? Not. That seems like a, a, a very big number. Is it because you've no, sort of I been do. plugged into a network of yeah. Well, yeah, through, you know, mosques and through, um, you know, in the Arab community, it's a very tight-knit community. Almost everybody knows everybody, okay. um, especially in the with the women. You know, if you go into Dearborn or Tramac or Lackawanna in New York, um, those are very high Arab communities. Yeah. Um, everybody knows everybody. All the women know each other. All the women talk. Like, you know, I know women, I talk to women who live overseas who have never been here. You know, you, it's a, it's a really tight knit community. Okay. Oh, that makes everybody sense. Everybody knows everybody. Yeah. That, that makes, I mean, that makes sense in Montreal. You know, we have yeah. that definitely with the, the Lebanese community. Um, right. You always have, you know, especially sort of these multicultural enclaves. Yeah. Okay. So I'm sorry. I'm just trying, it, it, it is yeah. fascinating to me and, and I want our listeners to get the, you know, I want them to get the full scope of, of your experience yeah. and what it's like. And I know what they're going to say. You just have to be prepared when this. No, I know. I know. I get it too. <laughs> okay. I well, and you've read the myself. comments. If you've no, no doubt yeah. seen the, the videos. And yeah. uh, I mean, listen, we've been targeted not only for acts of violence, you know, by Muslims, mm-hmm. but of course, censorship on YouTube right. um, with downvotes and trying to get rid of advertisers. So let me ask right. you this, because a lot of people will say, and I don't think it's necessarily wrong. They'll criticize mm-hmm. me. Even Christians are saying, you know, you'll never you'll never convert anyone with something like the Quran challenge. Well, l- let me give you sort of my logic and you can tell me if, mm-hmm. if this is what happened with you. My logic is I'm not creating that video for the guy who creates the Talk Islam rebuttal. I'm not creating that video for your husband, where there is right. no chance of me converting right. him. But I feel as though when you have people who are manipulators, who mm-hmm. who are proactively lying to their constituency, and I think you see mm-hmm. that a lot with, like, with Talk yeah, Islam, yeah. Um, if I can make an example of them, and yes, be a little bit biting, yes, be a little mm-hmm. bit vicious, it allows me not to reach them, but to reach people like you who can see them right. be exposed. That's my logic. Is That's it, right on, yeah. Okay. okay. That was exactly it. And, um, yeah, and that's essentially why I wrote you, is because I figured, you know, I'm sure you get a lot of hate mail from yes. Muslims. Yes, I a do. Lot. Yours was actually literally sandwiched in between <laughs> anti-Semitic emails, even though I'm not Jewish, from Muslims. Yeah. yeah, and I figured, you know, I'm sure for someone like you who does videos like you do, I'm sure it's nice once in a while to hear that you reach somebody that, you know, you affected somebody in a positive way through it, you know, instead of all yeah. the hate mail. And that's, And you did, and I was very manipulated by these people for years crazy and um and i i really just need i needed that push you know i was um in another state i had no family no friends um i was alone with my husband and my three kids 
all I had was his family, and I knew something wasn't right, and I felt it in my heart, and um, I had been thinking about it for a while, and I and I just needed that extra push to you know let me know, you know you're doing the right thing. This is this is not right. This is not a good religion. This is not right. something I want to raise my daughters in. It's not something I want to be a part of forever. And that's essentially what it was because you know the things you talked about I didn't necessarily know. So once I was more informed and you know, um, had the right questions to ask, I, that was it for me, you know, that was what I needed. And, you know, God uses people in different ways. And I personally feel like you use your videos to kind of give me the push I needed. Well, thank you. That's very kind of you. I certainly won't go out yeah. and say, I am a tool of God. Uh, I'm a guy who put on a wig and uh, a unibrow. But I appreciate Well, let me ask you this. So timeline here, you say you started asking mm-hmm. questions. You separated mm-hmm. from your husband. Did the mm-hmm. separation occur because of the questions that started coming or was it before that? Well, here's the thing is, um, when I decided I didn't tell anybody and, um, you know, being in another state, having no family, no friends, nowhere to really turn except his family. Mm -hmm. They don't take kindly to people who convert and then convert back. You know, that's not, they don't take kindly to that. And I was really worried about a lot of backlash and from them, and I was worried about my kids, you know, because legally he could stop me from leaving the state. And so I okay. called my family. I explained to them what I, you know, that I wanted to leave. I wanted to get out, but I was scared. And um, they worked with me. We, we like, kind of made up this reason for me to have to come home for a while. Okay. And, you know, through God's hands, they accepted it and they took it and they said, okay. And they let me leave. And so I packed up my kids, packed up our things and left. And this was in a matter of like two weeks. And so once I got here, um, my brother's a lawyer, we were talking about what the next steps I can take. Cause you know, we're only married Islamically, but with my kids, you know, they don't like you taking their kids. You know, that's, a, now, that's is, a is that common? Thing. Is that common in Islam, Very. where you you only get married under the, I guess, Islamic law? And oh not... yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's very common because that's no. how they have more than one wife. Really? Now, did your husband have yeah. more than one wife? No, he wanted to at some time, but um, I fought him on it. But yeah, he he didn't have one, but he wanted to. Wow. Uh, so uh, so yeah. you don't hear about that a lot. Uh, I, that it's I wouldn't imagine it's that common in the United Sta- States for the non Oh yeah. Really? Oh yeah, I know tons of people who have four wives, three wives, two wives. They all, some of them, they all live in the same house. <laughs> wow, I, I, I didn't know yeah. that. I will say, I will have common. to, I will have to try and verify that because I don't know for sure. It sounds, well, it sounds not legal marriages. They're okay. not legal. They're okay. through the, they're through the mosque, and you do sign papers, Islamic papers, but they're not legal marriages. But to them, they are. To them, their marriage is through God. So to them, we were married, like married, married, even though we weren't married on paper. Wow. Yeah. That's Th- that is fascinating. Pretty, pretty common. And, you know, in Islam, you can't get legally married unless you get Islamically married first. And Islamic marriage is so easy to just divorce from it. You just say divorce three times and you're done. <laughs> this, no, okay, come on. That You actually say divorce yeah, three you times? Say, you say divorce, 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 and they're back. And your door. 
Is that, is this, are you pulling my leg here? Is this? I swear, I swear to you. And to get <laughs> sound, you're making it sound like the horror film. You say Candyman in the mirror three times, and that guy with the Burger King Kids Club haircut appears. Yeah, and to get Islamically married, the woman doesn't even have to be present. As long really? as she has a man there on her behalf, she doesn't have to be there. And like when we got Islamically married, I, I didn't have to be there. Like it doesn't even involve me. <laughs> you don't even say anything. What about, now, what about divorce, though? What if you wanted a divorce and he didn't want to divorce? Then he doesn't have to give it to me. So you can't say divorce just three times? No. Only the man can. Okay. Now, did you know this when you were marrying him? Yeah, I did. I was very, very... I was, I was a fool. I was. I was a fool. I asked myself that all the time. What was I doing? Like, I look back on it now like, God, I was so dumb. <laughs> I was. No, I, I don't think so. so. I really don't think so. And that's not why I asked those questions. I asked the questions yeah. because, listen, I, I can't really know this. I can know on paper what the Quran right. says. I can know Muhammad. Right. But learning these these experiences, um, right. I mean, that's incredible. I, I, let me, I'd love to keep you on for another segment here because there's there's so much to yeah. get into. So uh, Codename Q, Islamic convert. Be back after this. <laughs> You're listening to Louder with Crowder. If you're anything like me, you enjoy a good glass of wine. But finding the right kind can be a hassle. Or maybe you want to buy a nice bottle as a gift but don't know where to start. That's where Simplified Wine comes in. Simplified Wine makes buying good wine simple. Just call 844-297-WINE, where a qualified sommelier will take your information budget, send you a curated list, and then wine straight to your door. It's just that simple. By the way, they also have a price match guarantee, so it's not only the easiest way to get great wine, but the least expensive. All you do is call Simplified Wine at 844-297-WINE. That's 844-297-WINE. Or don't like phone calls, you can just go to SimplifiedWine.com and hit the Simplify button. Same thing, just digital. Any wine you want, they can get. Just call Simplified Wine at 844-297-WINE to have the best wine at the best price delivered straight to your door. Guaranteed. What could possibly be simpler? Call Simplified Wine today. 844-297-WINE. You're listening to Louder with Crowder. We are back. We were talking Islamic divorce. Our guest, codename Q, has converted from Islam. Um, it's fast. It's 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 honestly, it's one of those things where it sounds like something that I need to question. And I'll be honest, I have to go uh, go online afterward and search mm-hmm. these things and say, okay, how accurate is this? Because I know that the audience is going to say this is just anti-Islamic rhetoric. I mean, uh, or Osama uh, Sublani. We just did a piece on him out there in Dearborn, Michigan, who said that Pam Geller mm-hmm. was worse than ISIS for drawing Muhammad. And um, when I said that's absurd, they accused me of being Islamophobic. So it seems like calling anyone, including terrorists, out on their actions is, is now Islamophobia. Um, anyways, that was my own little diatribe. My apologies. Let's get back to you. You're much more interesting. Yeah. So, so this divorce happens. So you you get a, you mm-hmm. find a reason to get out of state and get yeah. to your family. Yeah. So and now me, that I'm here, yeah. I've been here for a month, um, and I was advised by lawyers to not do it yet, to not tell him and his family yet that I'm done, because I have to establish residency. If I don't establish residency in the state, which is six months, then he can take me to court and they can force me to move back, especially since I moved out 
technically on false pretenses. And how how can they force you to move children back? Legally. I was a resident there. I, my kids were born there. We were together there. And I left. Um, and if you don't, in like, he, he can legally go to the court and say, I didn't know she was leaving for good. I didn't want my kids to leave. And they can force me to move back. Okay. Um, that, oh, that, Unless, that sounds, even though you weren't legally married, he can do that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if we were just, even if we were just dating and we had a child together and I wanted right. to move out of state, we would have to go to court and have it legal saying he's okay with it. And if he wanted to fight me on it, he could. And wow. so, you know, having three small kids, and I do believe that we will have eventually have a custody battle. Um, right. I'm just trying to, you know, do it as smart as I can and um, weigh all my options. So, um, yeah. you know, as my brother's a lawyer, so he told me just to wait six months here and then I'll have established residency. Yeah. And then, you know, I can tell them, you know, this is what's going on. I don't want any part of it. So right. I'm just trying to avoid right now. Right. And obviously what we're doing our, our best to make sure that no no personal right. details are revealed here. Let me ask you this, because you were very adamant before we did the interview. You're like, no, I don't want I don't want any any visual and I don't want people to know the name. Yeah. What yeah. is your honestly no no um, sensationalism? What's your fear if people find out that it's you and find out that you've converted and left? Um, I'm scared for my kids. I am. Um, you know, I know a girl who her husband here in America, here in Michigan, took her child from her to love them and she's never seen them again. Um, I'm scared for my kids. I'm scared for a custody battle. I'm scared for them to take me to court and make me move back. And then, you know, God knows what could happen. You know, they're Listen, this is the thing that people can say, oh, you know, anyone is bad people. You know, you can be any guy that is um, abusive or, sure. you know, any guy that can turn on you. But when it comes to Muslims, there is almost every time that they're um, abusive or they're, um, uh, you know, they try to hurt you or um, backlash, ruin your reputation, um, you know, take your kids from you. It's not an uncommon thing. It's more common than people think it is. And with Muslims, when you're leaving Islam specifically, because that's a really big deal, you Mm -hmm. really have to be careful. You never know what they're capable of. You never know. You you just never know. And especially having kids, like, so just me, whatever, they can do what they want to me. But because I have three small kids, I really want to make sure that, you know, um, I do everything right legally. Um, that they can't come after my kids, that they can't fight me for my kids, that they, you know, can't hurt them, essentially. So when we hear the media and people talk about, you know, the moderate Islamic majority in this Mm -hmm. country, Mm -hmm. they're lumping people like your husband, former husband, in that category. Yeah, they're moderate Muslims. They're not extreme Muslims. This is the face of moderate Islam. But even moderate Muslims, you know, you never know. And um, and that's what's scary. And and the thing is, is, like, people say, like, oh, not all Muslims will go bomb somebody, and not all Muslims will go shoot something up. That's extreme. And that's true. But when you think about it, to them, when they use their bodies for Allah, when they do something on behalf of Allah and they die in the process, to them, that's a straight, 
you know, there's no judgment, there's no nothing, you're automatically sent to heaven because you use your body for the sake of Allah and, you know, his army. Right. Now, in Islam, there's never a specific thing that says that, you know, there's no grace, there's no forgiven, there's no forgiveness, there's no love. All it is is outweighing your good deeds with your bad. You know, mm-hmm. like, did you give enough charity? You sinned here. You know, they just, to them, God weighs out your deeds with your bad. And isn't, and would it, um, your conversion be considered one of the worst deeds? To leaving them? Islam? Yeah, oh, isn't, yeah. That's, that's as bad. That's bound, that's, yeah. So right. when you think about that, there's no guarantee of heaven. But if you use your body for Allah, or you fight for the sake of Allah, or Muhammad, or Islam, that's a straight shot to heaven. Now, if you sure. really think about that, that's scary. Right. That, and their mindset, that if they do this, they're going right to heaven. No well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, because I want to kind of stay on, on your personal story. So while yeah. you talk about that, you know, and, and, and you'll have theologians, they'll debate that on either side, and both mm-hmm. sides have valid points. But in your case, while you were married, mm-hmm. okay, so you're, you're, you're Muslim, you're married to yeah. a Muslim husband. Yeah. Did you ever talk about these things, like about, uh, about uh, terrorism, about jihad? All the and, did, time. and where did he line up on that? Where did his family line up? Oh, they were, you could never say anything bad about ISIS, Al-Qaeda. And that's the thing, that's the really? thing that usually always got me, is even though I was, you know, converted, I, I was still a big-time American, you know, Republican right. and all of that. Like, that never changed. And, well, you know, outside, outside of the Islam thing, outside of the yeah. Islam thing, they tend to be pretty conservative, right? They tend to be pro-life. Right, they do. They are. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But I remember asking them, it was, the, you know, when the, um, I just beheaded all those Christians. And I was sitting in his mom's living room with the whole family. And I purposely said, what do you guys think about that? And immediately, everybody said, well, they did it to them first. They came on their land first. They attacked them. ISIS is defending themselves. They are just defending against America. And they come in their countries and kill the civilians and the children. And they're defending themselves. Don't they have a right to do that? And I was like, Really? Like, you're seriously sitting here defending ISIS to me. And they were like, well, no, we think what they do is wrong, but they're defending themselves. Everybody can't hate them and this, this, and that. And I just, I was sitting there like, wow, really? Like, they just beheaded all these Christians and you don't see anything wrong with that. <laughs> you know, and, this and that's is... most Muslims. And I even have Muslim neighbors who, if you ask them, They'll say, well, America's just trying to take their oil, and America came in their country first, and America's killing those people, and they have a right to defend themselves. Well, I tell you what, and I hope you're ready for it, Q. There's going to be backlash mm-hmm. to this, and people are just going to say that you're Islamophobic and you're lying. But I will tell you this. Yeah. Um, I, I can't verify what you said if, if that's true, because mm-hmm. uh, I would imagine when polled, most of them would do an about-face and Eddie Haskell it, and you look great, Mrs. Cleaver, and then turn around and say something else. <laughs> But I will say this. I watched uh, 9-11 happen when I was in mm-hmm. Canada. And um, th- there, there were Muslims who were not unhappy with it. Mm-hmm. I watched that happen. Um, yeah. And most people don't believe me when I say that. They don't believe me. They think I'm just saying. So I, I watched that happen. And, and a lot of these people, they hated Israel and the Jews. 
hated it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where I was raised. Again, it was multiculturalism. It wasn't the United right. States. So, I mean, I, I was actually banned from a college for, for uh, doing some bits about Muslims at a multicultural fair, which are nowhere near as extreme as the videos that I've done now. So, so yeah. that's what shaped my view as an outsider. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's interesting to hear that this shaped your view as an insider. Um, uh, I, it's almost like I don't know. Where, we're going to have to have you back on the program because I want to mm-hmm. hear your progress. And, and if you do run into some hiccups, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who would love to help you. Um, right. I do have kind of one question for you. So you're mm-hmm. obviously very afraid to discuss your conversion right now for fear of safety of your children and, and mm-hmm. the reasons you mentioned. When you left Christianity for Islam or you left you know, what you were raised yeah. with, did you have that same fear? No, not at all. I mean, I was worried about my family being mad at me, but no. Okay. Not yeah. at all. And and that's the thing with Islam is, you know, looking back on it and having been a part of both religions. And don't get me wrong, I love, you know, Muslim people. You know, there's some really great ones out there. And, um, you know, 90% of my friends are Muslim. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, from my point of view, you never know what they're capable of. Because it's hardwired into them from the religion, you know, to carry out these acts that are unthinkable to us, but to them they're not that big of a deal. Right. And um, and with Christianity, you get the sense of love and forgiveness and grace when you walk into a church. You feel it immediately. Mm-hmm. And it's different with Islam when you do the Muslim prayers and when you go into a mosque. There's no sense of God's presence. There's no sense of um, love. There's no, there's not that warm, fuzzy feeling you get, you know, when you're yeah. in a church or, you know, it, there's, it's just non-existent. Well, and, and even religion. to, a- to even to atheists who are, who are listening here, it is important mm-hmm. for them because they're going to say the warm, fuzzy feeling. Well, even yeah. if you don't believe in God, the warm, fuzzy right. feeling you could explain away as the atmosphere because of the people in the congregation. Right. They're giving you the warm, fuzzy feeling. So either way, you're describing two, two different, uh, different oh, yeah. tenors two there. different auras. Yeah. Of the religion, you know? Sure. I can imagine. Yeah. I uh I can well geez, well listen, we will we will keep you in our prayers. Uh we'll definitely okay, you. will you will you come back on the program and, and give oh, us an sorry. update? Okay. Yeah. Oh great, we absolutely want you to and um if we need to put a distortion on your voice here so you sound like one of those quarter twenty <laughs> Macaulay Culkin and the talk boy. Uh we'll do it. But thank you so much to you for coming on and um Okay, thank you. Fascinating stuff. Ladder with Bradder. We'll be more after this break. Wow. You're listening to Louder with Crowder. Louder with Crowder. You're listening to Louder with Crowder. Get funky. Thank you so much. Glad to have you back with us. Good day. Obviously, to our loyal listeners in Southeast Michigan, but also to Syndicate Markets, Alaska of all places. We appreciate you. We love you. And, of course, to those watching or listening here online. Online Uh, listeners, hello. Yes, online listeners, hello. Okay, so that was an interview there for those of you who missed it. And we'll get that up online at louderwithcrowder.com so you can um, see some of the verifications to the claims that she made because, I mean, Fundeb, you listened to that. You heard some of the things that, that Q claimed. Yeah, that was really heavy when you think about it. It's surprising how easily uh, um, 
fella can get divorced in that religion, though. Yeah. Get off your phone, fun dip. <laughs> Literally, he doesn't even contest it. I just see him oh, put it away. <laughs> the funny thing was, you well, said get off the phone, and instead I shut off the microphone so I can oh, concentrate. No. I was saying get off your phone because we're going to be talking about this. So, listen. I was responding to people who were asking about the divorce, divorce, divorce phrase. It is absolutely true. So this woman who we, we just interviewed, she was talking about how a husband can say divorce, divorce, divorce in Islam. It's over. You're done. And th that is true. It's called the talaq. And uh, I actually have it right up in front of me. That's not out of the norm. That's not terrorism. That's not extremism. That's ingrained into Islam. For all. In any Islamic country, you'll look that most of these things that she was discussing are respected. And uh, in America, they're honored often by individual mosques. That's what she was talking about. They don't get real marriages. They, they, they get marriages under Islamic law. So... We, I want to go through that piece by piece, but before that, um, and, and folks, listen, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a bumpy ride, but th this is a week where we have to give you information regarding Islam because we have to do it now while we're still able to. Let's put it that way. There's been a really concerted effort to, to silence what I do and what the show does, and I don't say that to be dramatic or to make these, these veiled claims Let's be honest. We've all known for a long time that I've had a target on my back. And um, uh, it's been stepped up in the last week significantly with some things that we can discuss and some things that we can't discuss on air. Um, people got really – this Los Angeles official was fired for posting one of my articles. It wasn't really even a personal column. It was one of the few more breaking newsy articles at LottawaWithCrowder.com, how China was moving to ban Islam. And what they're doing, they're not banning Islam. What they're doing is they're ensuring that people who are Muslim have to adhere to Chinese law and their practices. Things like you have to sell alcohol and cigarettes. They have to be prominently displayed. Even if you're a, a Muslim shopkeeper, um, you cer certain headdresses are not allowed. Basically a way of saying, hey, you can't allow your laws to supersede our laws. So openly in this article, Several times I denounce communism and say that we should not follow the lead of communist China. Okay? I've never at any point said we should ban religion. Okay? I didn't say we should ban Islam. Okay? Now, what I did say is that because China isn't, isn't held to the same politically correct standards of us in the United States, that they understand the need to not allow what's happened in Europe to happen in China. They understand that. That's a priority to them. That's important to them. So people said, Stephen, you said Islam should be banned in the United States. I didn't. But let me think about that for a second. Do I think Islam should be banned in the United States? Well, I don't think you can ban a religion. We have the freedom of religion. There's a First Amendment. But, and I was talking with my friend Chris. He was one who, who put it this way. And it is absolutely true. Cults who have their own laws that supersede the Constitution are already illegal. Just like motorcycle clubs where they play by their own rules, kid. That's illegal. So this woman, Q, who we just interviewed, talked about how, well, these, 
these marriages aren't recognized by the law. It's just it's just an Islamic marriage. Yeah, abuse is really common, and it's and it's allowed under Islamic law. It's allowed with certain parameters to abuse your wife. Of course, Muslims will defend it and say nowhere uh, where you could see bruising and only only strike them lightly, like Muhammad. Um, that's allowed under Islamic law. Yeah, mul- multiple marriages are allowed under Islamic law. All of those things are illegal in the United States. They are not. They are already illegal. They are already banned. Now, if you say, hey, let's examine the root cause of these illegal activities, multiple marriages, abuse of women, having these marriages off the books, you're pointed to Islam. So all of those things are illegal. But to say we might need to keep a close eye on the ideology that expressly allows and in some case orders these illegal acts, well, now it's hate speech. So it's not hate speech to say, well, ban multiple marriages. It's not hate speech to say, well, ban abuse of women. But if you say, hey, 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 let's make sure that we, we ban any adherence any people who subscribe to an ideology that allows for this, and it is going on in the United States, that's hate speech. Now, I do believe there are plenty of Muslims who, who don't, who don't believe that. This interview with this lady Q, she says this is more common than not, and we'll go through point by point what she mentions, what the statistically likelihood is. She mentioned her, her husband's former husband, who she's fleeing now, her, his whole family supported ISIS. Shocking numbers on that I've got in front of me. We'll talk with that, talk, talk with you about that after the break. I thought, well, maybe you'll get 20, maybe you'll get 30% of, of Muslims in westernized country who support ISIS. No, 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 no. You wouldn't believe the numbers if I told you. So, my question to you is, well, really? At what point do you say, hey, all of these things are illegal? Let's at the very least explore uh, what we need to do with the root cause of that evil. At least the root cause of those crimes. Root causes Islam. Louder with Prouder. Yes, here we are. We are back to dancing with happy songs. Even though it's a bit of a heavy week, oh, we are happy. We do our best to be happy. As Dennis Prager says, it is your moral obligation to be happy. It's my immoral obligation to be happy. Oh, you're coming in really loud on my headphones. You just blasted my eardrums. I think I'm dead. Wake up. Okay. Wake, Wake up. up. Wake up. Wake up, ladies and gentlemen, America. It's time for Louder with Crowder. What the hell was that? I don't know. That's my trying to wake up voice. Oh, trying to wake up. How dare you? You need to be awake. It's your job to be awake. So before we... What? You're just just making noises. (laughs) (sighs) That's the sound of a guy who's losing his right eye. It feels like it's twice the size that it normally is. That's not a good thing. I don't... I'm going to have to yank it out. Did you get pink eye? I don't know. I woke up this morning, and within an hour of waking up, my eye felt like garbage. 
Maybe you're developing an allergy to cats. I hate to say it. No, no, no. I might be developing an allergy to my family, but not my cats. Okay. I think we all do have that. Uh, you what, You saw the Goldbergs this week, the season finale? Oh, yeah. Now, that was a thing that made my eyes get all wet. Oh, I know. well, that was the best. I, I think one of the most epic moments in television was Barry Goldberg as the fighting Quaker jumping out of that bus and the crowd just tearing him apart. That was legendary. I love that. For those of you who don't watch the Goldbergs, we've talked about it. Uh, most conservative show on television, also the funniest show on television. But yeah, that was the first time on the show where there was a bit of a Wonder Years moment where Adam Goldberg, you know, his girlfriend, may be leaving. They've never really done that uh, on an ending note in the show. Yeah, that was sad. I know. I know. That is sad. I hope she you comes back, though, because they have a good chemistry, the the two young yeah, actors. Yeah, she is a good character. I think she brings out the best in Adam, too. He's a little young. You can tell he's not super experienced. And um, she seems to, you know, she seems to be like a little bit of salt. She just brings out the flavor of Adam Goldberg. But I tell you what, this is an actual story. Well, we'll get back to the heavy Islam talk in a bit. But I, ha I met a girl. I remember at the Greenfield Park, Cynthia Hool Arena. The hockey arena, and then they had a, a you know mess hall where they would do these local get-togethers and dances. And there was this girl there who asked me to dance, and so I danced with her that night. And you know it was fun, and I was—I mean, I might have been uh, twelve, and uh, you know chaperones there. And then she, she, I remember she somehow got my phone number. I think this is back when you were just listed in the phone book, and called me. So this is, yeah, I was 11 because then I was going into middle school from sixth grade. She called me and, I, you know, I, can I be your girlfriend kind of thing? And I didn't really like her that much. I mean, I liked her enough to dance with her that evening. But, hey, I was, I was in the sixth grade. I was exploring my options. I was going to be tied down. And I don't remember this, but she told me this clearly as day that I told her I was moving to Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> In search of coffee, right? Yeah, yes, yes. I was moving to Brazil. And I don't remember saying Brazil. I do remember telling her that I was, I was moving away. And honestly, it came from not wanting to hurt her feelings. Be like, listen, I don't, I'm, not a huge, I'm not a huge fan, to be honest. Like, I don't, I, I'm not a huge fan of you yet. And then, so I was going from Preville Elementary to Centennial Regional High School, middle school. It's seventh and eighth grade is middle school in Canada. And I remember showing up in the seventh grade, walking in. And guess who was there? Oh, no. <laughs> when you're a kid, you don't think. You think, ah, oh, she goes to a different school. She might as well be on the, you know, the other end of the country at this point. You don't realize, oh, wait, we're going to high school. Her, her grade school and my grade school are about three miles from each other. The high school is in the middle. It never occurred to me that she was going to be going to my high school. So you're like, and, my dad got transferred back from Brazil. It's a miracle. Yes, he got transferred back. There was, you know, my, my mom got kidnapped. We found her. They have 401ks for kidnapping over there. It just wasn't, it wasn't safe. It wasn't safe. But the good thing is I learned a lot about myself, and uh, I'm now celibate. <laughs> Retirement accounts for, for kidnapping? Yes. They have, they have uh, kidnapping dental benefits <laughs> in Brazil. It is, it is a lawless land in Brazil, man. I will tell you, we have friends in Brazil, and... Um, we get a lot of emails, actually, from people who listen to this show in Brazil. I feel like there's a, there's a contingency, a pretty strong of growing conservatism out there. Could just be, I think that happens anytime you have a booming economy and you have that sort of third-worldly class structure as you have in Brazil. So uh, conservatism tends to be one of the factions that emerges. And, you know, probably not a huge portion, but that portion 
of Brazil are probably the greatest consumers of conservative content. So that's probably why they're emailing us. But uh, we get a lot of emails. That's how we got the email from this this woman here, Q, who is in you know in the current process of converting from Islam. I mean, I, I hope that uh, I hope she stays safe, and I hope she she's able to you know take her kids and get out of it. That's just uh, that's a big deal, my friend. Okay, what else? There was something else I was going to talk about that was not Islam before we went back to Islam. I don't remember what it was, but uh, okay, let's let's get started on this then. So she made a few claims on Islam and marriage, and a lot of people thought it sounded untrue. Would you say that when you were listening? Were there parts that you thought sounded unbelievable? Not so much unbelievable, just far fetched. But there there have been more far fetched things that have been proven to be true in in all facets of life you know you can't believe that they've invented you know robot arms for kids and they have you know things come true all the time that you're surprised and shocked about yeah but i tell you what though those robot arms and stuff for kids it's great and i I obviously i want those children to have those robot arms but it's always sold as like you're picturing skynet terminator 2 you know you peel off the skin and you don't even realize they're not that useful Compared to what you would expect, you know, it's like grabbing a cup of coffee is still a problem. Uh, no, I, I saw a kid pick up a <laughs> glass of water and drink one. Good for him. No, I would like it, but it's all—it's always you picture, you know. Well, yeah, you're film. not going to be playing, you know, like the Brandenburg Concerto or something with it. <laughs> I'm playing the Goldberg variations on the piano here. Yeah, great. No, it's not like that. Right. Good for them, though. It was like that—the uh, Olympian who um, had the tink tink. Legs, the paperclip legs. That was kind of cool. Well, yeah, but he sh- and people, you're a jerk if you say he shouldn't be allowed in the Olympics because oh, he doesn't have legs. Like, yeah, but you know, listen, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's the card you you were dealt. You don't have legs, and you get these. We don't know if it's an unfair advantage. It's like saying, hey, I'm going to go into an Olympic lifting competition. I have no arms, so instead, I'm going to use a forklift. <laughs> you know. <laughs> We do have to say mechanical advantage at a certain point. You know, we you're a horrible human being. <laughs> oh, come on. And I know horrible human beings. Well, that guy ended up killing his girlfriend, remember? Oh, well, yeah, he was a horrible human being too. Right. He well, was partially but, anyway. But if you were to say that before he killed his girlfriend, you'd be the jerk because he had the tank tank legs. You're so strange. I know, I'm strange. Okay. You're a strange so here, animal. I am a strange animal. You know what? Let's we'll, we'll talk. We have so many points to refute. I know there are points that are unbelievable. So I want you to gather your thoughts, and then and then after the next break, we'll talk about what, what talk. I don't know how that came out that way. I'm not from it's Brooklyn. Gonna, we're gonna be so verklempt about the. We're thing. gonna be verklempt. Um, but before that, so before we do that, we'll come back and we'll go point by point some of the things that she discussed. Fun Dip Dan and I had an interesting conversation with a friend of his on Facebook this week. Oh, man, that was fascinating. It's one of my mentors, no less. Well, listen, to give him credit, you said that he's a fantastic broadcaster. And uh, I will I will tell you this. And one thing people don't understand, you know, Fun Dip and I, we, you hear us on air and, and we, we get along. But Fun Dip probably agrees with me on maybe 50% of issues and would agree with liberals or moderates on 50%. Would you say that's maybe 60 we agree on? No. Excuse me, folks who've got the fatwa on him, I agree with him maybe 5% of the time. Okay. 5% of the time. We'll go there. And that 5% is the Islam. No, 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 no. No! Um, I'm perfectly safe. Yeah. 
So he, he came in, you posted a meme of mine that I post these pictures on Facebook and he came in and right off the bat, it was, this guy is homophobic, racist, misogynistic. I mean, he made what he made all those claims, right? Like right yeah, off the bat. He, he got you spot on. <laughs> well, and then here's what's so funny. You know, he's a, he's a leftist, obviously. And I usually don't comment, except you're obviously, you know, he knows that you're now involved with the show. And so it's your page. It's not just some random commenters page. So I responded. And the one thing you have, you have to acknowledge that even though we agree on some things and not on other things. I mean, I kept it very civil and I just asked him, I said, please provide proof of where I have expressed hatred against any group of people because of their race. And did he provide that proof on Dip? Now, that's one of the things that I have noticed with all of my friends on the left. When you ask them to give you a point by point, they can't. It's always just a generalization. You you said Al Sharpton's name, you're a racist. You said Jesse Jackson was a piece of dung, you're a racist, whatever the case may be. Right. And you try to explain that it's their behaviors you dislike, and they cannot comprehend that you can dislike the behaviors of someone like a Sharpton or a Jackson or an Obama Regardless of the skin, if you were to rip all of their skin off and they were running around with just meat faces, you'd still dislike their content. <laughs> That's a dark way to take it, but yes. <laughs> I don't know I why mean, you went full Buffalo Bill. Well, you know, I watch a lot of Silence of the Lambs. Al Sharpton puts the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. I um no you're right and that's what the, I said well pr- don't please you hurt his- my dog <laughs> he he said uh, I said well prove where I'm racist and he just posted my open letter that was dear Al Sharpton you bumbling you hobbling bag of human excrement I think is what it was and I said well yeah please tell me what is racist in there and his response was well if you have to ask it's these kinds of just these platitudes that that liberals they speak in. I mean, I, I was just saying, I said, yes. And I remember I responded. I said, yes, I do. That's the thing. If someone says you are a racist, generally speaking, some of you out there are horrible racists and you need to examine yourself. Most of you are not. If you're getting the accusation from liberals, the most effective way to deal with it is say, well, oh, OK, please, please point me to where I expressed and don't say, please point to me where I'm racist, because then you'll allow them to define what racism is. And that's political incorrectness. Say, Please point me to where I've expressed hatred against a group of people or person based on their race. They, and they'll say things like, well, if you have to ask where, oh, well, I would prove it to you. But you just you you if you don't realize it, they just they cannot prove it. This guy, Don, seems like an intelligent guy, but a perfect example of someone who doesn't understand how bigoted he is because he went off based on one meme. The right wing does this, and the religious right, and conservatives are racist, and this guy is clearly, and I said, well, we'll prove it, and he had no substance, and and, and I don't believe that any political side of the spectrum has a monopoly on intellectual uh, discussion, but I do believe that mainstream leftism, it, it is entirely exclusive to them right now to try and shut down a dialogue before it begins. I've never heard a conservative say to a liberal, I've never heard it say, well, I just you just you have no right to an opinion because. Yeah, I want to hear what a liberal has to say 
And and then, well, at the same time, I want to hear what a conservative has to say, because I'm in the middle arguing with both sides, which is an interesting place to be. But I want to know what the other person's opinion is, how they got to it, and why they want to defend it blindly without any kind of breakdown, if you will. Right. So as someone who's in the middle, though, you do notice, you must notice that trend in the difference between debating tactics. Oh, yeah. If you say, say, for example, you've got, uh, I don't know, an, an uncle that's really in the unions and you make one disparaging comment about, you know, the UAW. Boom. You're unfriended on Facebook forever. And Christmas is always awkward from that point forward. Hypothetically. Oh, Hypothetically. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hypothetically. Your uncle sounds a bit like a jerk. I, I plead the fifth. <laughs> well, there's no chance of him listening to this show because liberals don't educate themselves on opposition. They don't. Every time we have someone on here, whether it's a conservative or liberal, I, I do research and find out what they believe and why they believe. You'd be amazed as to how many people. And when we've had leftists come on this show, I've sent them links to the website. I've sent them links to videos like that Phil, Phil Advise guy. He had no idea. He was like, well, I didn't know it was going to be this kind of show. How the hell could you not know that? You just accept the invitation without checking it out? And I, well, I sent him. I send our guests the site and the information so they know. Yeah. I mean, you saw we were trying to get that, uh, that uh, priest in Ann Arbor this week. Uh, you know, we have to guys realize, let's go to a break. We'll come back. We'll talk more about it. Sorry, we've gone off the rails because we're going to have to get back and go point by point through Islamic marriage and what's going on in this country. Louder with Crowder. Stay tuned. Keep it right here, Louder with Crowder. You're listening to Louder with Crowder with your host, the one, the only, Stephen Crowder. So glad to be the one and only Stephen Crowder. Yeah, because if there was more than one of you, I'd lose my frickin' marbles. There are several Stephen Crowders. I mean, individually, they're, they're all different. There's dozens of Dan Martins, but none of them could take my place or fill my shoes. Or my, By the way, just got a tweet from Dean Obeldala, Dean of Comedy. I guess he has an ex, uh, some kind of XM radio show when he's a columnist at the Daily Beast. And... Uh, just accused me. Well, he he says that Christians are worse than Muslims, that there is Christian Sharia law. And apparently he accused me of going in gay blackface. So, okay, Wait, we can maybe get him on the show. What exactly is gay blackface? I don't know if he means when I did the Muslim bakery thing and faked like I was gay to see if they would bake a cake. I don't know if he means dressing up like a woman and you going to You weren't plant. faking it. Come on, come out. <laughs> But again, you know, listen, blackface, first off, was considered racist because of the historical context and how it was used to belittle and marginalize black people. You weren't putting on a blackface because you didn't have a Sidney Poitier to fill the role. You were doing it to mock black people. There's a historical context there, okay? A guy speaking with a lisp is not the same thing. <laughs> I love it when liberals, they, it's all about, well, it's all about context. It's Islam, it's terrorism, it's all about context. It's all about context until it's 
actually about context. So would people be offended by Tom Hanks in Philadelphia? Would they be offended by that guy that was on, um, oh, what the heck was that show with, oh, I'm drawing a blank. It was a, He's a straight actor, and it was a half-hour sitcom. And, oh, Modern Family? Well, that, that one too, but this is years ago. It was a woman's name and a guy's name. And then they had the really... Oh, Will and Grace. Will, Will and Grace. Grace. Oh, gosh. For years, I did not know he was a straight dude. It is a terrible program. Awful. The only, let's be honest. The only reason that one got a pass was be, two reasons. Political correctness, so people wanted to seem like they were progressive, and Deborah Messing was a cute ginger. No, the only thing that really I liked about that show, Deborah Messing's adequate as far as gingers go, but she's not one of the best ones. But I really thought that Megan Mullally carried that show because she was very funny. Oh, okay. Yeah, she is. She's on. Uh, she was on Parks and Rec. Oh, this guy just. Sorry, I won't do the whole Twitter war thing, but Dean of Comedy just tweeted back, "You know it." Look, have the balls to say you want to discriminate versus gays. No need to bring Muslims in as cover for your hate deal. So he's nonsensical in his writing. If he's a comedian, he's, he's a very poor writer at the very least. I don't, I've never seen him do stand-up comedy, but um, I, I believe he probably is a, a comedian. I certainly wouldn't doubt it because of the, the leftist fascism that occurs in comedy. What's so funny, Fundip, is, is you're obviously pro-gay, every, pro-transgender, pro-gay in a lot of ways. Um, and you even defended the right for businesses to not bake a gay wedding cake or for businesses to not photograph a gay wedding if they don't want to. Yeah, you've got to be able to say, okay, I can't participate in X, Y, or Z based on being some kind of religious person. Right. Be because that is what freedom of religion is. But at the same time, you ought to have a stack of flyers in your bakery or in your photo place that says, I got these friends over here that are going to do perfectly well, well that's a personal know. thing we're yeah. not talking we're talking about what's enforceable again businesses already can't say i won't serve you because you're gay and, and i i listen is it the government's role to step in and say that they sh that they should not be able to discriminate based on yes just like i don't think you can say hey you're black get out of my diner and then that's where i part ways with some libertarians who go well the government has no right no the government has the right government has the right to say you cannot say i won't serve you because you're black or because you're gay that already exists the problem with the gay wedding cake, the catering a gay wedding, the... It's the uh, participation it's, it's in an event. In an activity. And that is for the, uh, the government to step in and say, it's first of all, it's ironically the one time where liberals are literally forcing women into the kitchen. You will, you you will, will bake a wedding cake! Uh, yeah, but I'm just saying that you will bake the cake! You will not say no to baking our cake in housing. That was because I'm saying. I don't think that I could take it because it took so long to bake it, and I'll never have that recipe again. Stop it. Stop it with your... Oh, gosh. And then we <laughs> so you get the last word with your horrible reference. Anyway, I just find it very funny, very ironic that this comedian who appeases his PC overlords... I mean, man, whatever happened to balls in this country... Look at these artists. Green Day, American Idiot, and then their camp a Rage Against the Machine literally campaigned for Barack Obama. You now have comedians. Comedians! Can you imagine if Lenny Bruce were alive campaigning for hate speech laws? How, how does that, I mean, how does that feel as a comedian to want to give the government to, the right to take your words away? Comedians, artists who are leftist, 
who support leftist Democrats in the year 2015 have no idea as to the monster, the Leviathan they're creating that will swallow them whole. I'm, I'm living in crazy land. Louder with Crowder. Hey, this is Steven Crowder with Louder with Crowder to tell you about one of my favorite sites on the web, AR15.com. I know you hear AR15 say, isn't that the scary black rifle? It is, but AR15.com is actually the best website if you want a community from which to learn about how to care for your gun, gun safety, where to find concealed permits, courses, as well as the best online gun store in the business. I'm talking ammo, accessories, upgrades, all of it can be found at AR15.com. That's AR15.com. You're listening to Louder with Crowder. Oh, oh, so glad to be back. What are you eating? Sorry, I'm chowing down on this. You ever have this intolerance sandwich from Chick-fil-A? Intolerance. Oh, the intolerance. I've been dealing with intolerance for years. The intolerance is delicious. You get a little ranch, it really sets off the hate speech. Ah. That is a good dish. Sorry, folks. I know that's against radio to be chewing as I come back. But I just, I was just requested online to choke on my intolerance. And, you know, I haven't choked on it yet, but that intolerance is tasty as all get out. <laughs> it's, it's fascinating that it comes from Chick-fil-A, though. <laughs> Here is totally my true. request to you. So, um, fun up. You'll, we'll do some role playing here. Safe word is chocolate tomato. You will pretend to get off your phone. Okay, I will pretend to get off my phone. Get off okay. the phone. You're the one that made me get the damn thing. I, I seriously, we have a rule: no phones while we're on air. Okay, I I don't I don't want to request this again. So we'll do some role playing. <laughs> Safe word is chocolate tomato. So now I got to so, get my laptop out. Okay. <laughs> oh 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 okay. So, you're the leftist. And you are telling me that I have to engage in baking a cake for a gay wedding. Okay. Okay. So I'm a leftist. So go ahead. Go ahead and demand, tell me that. I want you to make a cake for my uh, marriage to John Barrowman. Okay. Uh, I have some instructions for you. Okay. Okay. I want you to listen very carefully. I want you to, uh, firstly, Take a uh, take take my phone number. Take my information. Okay. So you're the you're the bakery. I, yes, I want you to take my information. Okay. Okay. I want you to writing, go home. Writing it down here. Yes. Okay. I want you to go home. I want you to sketch out exactly what you want for your cake. Okay. Okay. I want you to give me a rough estimate of people involved with your wedding. Okay. okay? And then I want you to go, relax, and go fornicate yourself. That's not how I think it goes down. <laughs> I think usually they just say, I can't participate in this. Anyway, I hope I've crystallized my thoughts for you. You're hateful. No, you're not denying service because someone's gay. You're denying being involved in in a specific activity. Anyways, that we've been derailed through Twitter. So we want to go Squirrel. back and fact check Q the Muslim woman who is currently leaving her Muslim husband who is converting from Islam, she made some pretty lofty claims. Now, Fundip, you said some of those things seemed unbelievable. While no, you no I, used the word, phone, I used the word far-fetched. 
Okay. I'd believe anything nowadays, but far-fetched was the word that I used when I first when I first heard that interview. Okay. So what is it that you think was far-fetched? Ow. My headphones just came flying off. <laughs> the well, the whole the marriage mar- or the the divorce 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 thing was was far-fetched when I first heard that till you explained that there's actually a thing that they do that that works. And uh, it's just like, whoa, heavy. Yeah. Okay. That is absolutely true. It's called a talak. They can say divorce, divorce, divorce three times. And it's done. Now, only if you're a man. If you're a woman, you have no power at all to divorce your husband. None at all if he doesn't want to. No. None. None at all. Yeah, they make it out like women are property. Pretty much. Well, what's funny, so is I, when we were searching this, and shout out to, to Crystal, Crystal Heath, my wonderful uh, associate producer, and Anthony, who helped me do some research on this, because we've just been swamped this week, so I, I had to ask them to assist me in research. When we did research, the problem is, you know, is, Islamists are very, very effective at mobilizing online. They're able to censor, they're able to take people out all under the guise of hate speech. I mean, we just saw that LA official who was fired simply for posting my article, which was covering the fact that China is is banning some cultural Islamic practices that go against Chinese law. So when researching this, though, to fact check, to make sure that that this woman who came on, who was converting, was, was being accurate, most of the sites that came up were pro-Islamic sites, okay? So the research that I am giving you is from Muslim sites. For example, muslimmatters.org. Here's one. There's a whole list of pitfalls to avoid when you get married. The most common pitfalls, it's basically guiding converted women into marriage. One of them here is pitfall number four. He's really a scam artist playboy or wants you to be his secret second wife. Now, it doesn't condemn two wives. It condemns the man for wanting a second wife without letting the first woman know. In other words, be upfront about it. Yeah, that's what they're saying. The, the guy has to be upfront about it. So then there's a guy who's already married and wants. This comes from a pro-Islamic site. And who really wants two women nagging him to empty the dishwasher? Oh, they don't nag. They nag. They get a fat lip in Islam. You don't nag your husband in Islam. So wait a minute. This sounds kind of good. You make babies, you make sandwiches, you don't have friends, you don't work, you serve him, you give him sex when he wants, how he wants, and you shut up. Okay, now how do I convert to Islam? I mean, I, I don't know if it's as simple as a divorce. If you just say <laughs> Islam, Islam, Islam three times. But even then, considering now, it's not are they, like... Are these good sandwiches? It's not like... Let me tell you this. If you want to convert... It's not like Christianity Fund Up, where there's a God of grace and of love and, and someone, a, a loving father who wants to open the gates of heaven to you. The fact is, even if you convert to Islam, at the end of your life, all your bad deeds are going to be weighed with your good deeds. That's all it's about. So I don't think if Islam is the true religion, Fundip, I'm sorry, I still don't think you got a shot. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm not way, getting in no matter what. Well, the only way is if, if Islam is correct, the only way for you is to suicide bomb because that's guaranteed heaven. It's the only guaranteed heaven in, hey, in Islam. Every, every time I go on mic on Friday mornings, I suicide bomb. <laughs> oh, well played. Well played, sir. <laughs> one was, hand, the sound of one hand clapping. That was me against my chest. Oh, 
But this is from a pro-Islamic site. Also, okay, so and they list solutions to big problems. So this is one of the solutions. Their number one problem, again, a pro-Islamic site, when researching from what this woman said about marriage, is the incompetent, useless Wali. Wali. I'm assuming it's Wali. Wali. And this is what they write. This is what they write. This is pro-Islamic sites. I cannot stress this enough. This is not coming from Horowitz or the Heritage Foundation. So this is written from a pro-Islamic site to women who are converting and getting married. It says, because a convert does not have a Muslim father, her wali, a male custodian, at the time of marriage often falls to someone with a leadership position in the local community. This can be an imam, resident scholar, or respected male, usually middle-aged. Oftentimes, this person is not born and raised in the convert's place of birth, as most Muslim males in their middle age are still from the immigration population. Most women I talked to felt their wali was a joke and didn't want anything to do with it, really, or just consider them a token, or in the process didn't make any effort to learn about them. So this is, uh, this is a problem. These are being addressed by Muslim sites that basically, if a woman wants to convert, some guy has to sign off on it. All it really means is some guy who's Muslim, right? That's the, the woman doesn't get a choice in determining it. The guy has to sign off on it. So if you're a guy and you're going to mistreat women and you get to pick who this guy is, who signed, the co-signer, I mean, it'd be, it'd be like having someone co-sign for you and having a negative credit score and no one even cares because I don't check. This is coming from pro-Islamic sites. So you can't I'm, go to a website like muzzfacts.com. I'm not using some. I mean, I have some that are critical, but I'm not using only anti-Islamic sites. I'm using their own texts. When I talk about what upsets me in the Quran, do you know what I'm reading? The freaking Quran. That's what I'm reading. I'm not reading Robert Spencer. I'm not. I don't have the the Pamela Geller, uh, 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 you know, crazy. Pam phone that I'm dialing in the red phone. Commissioner Stephen, yes, how does Islam suck today? I'm reading the Quran. I'm reading the Muslim sites. The reason this woman converted, and by the way, I hope she realizes. I, I know she does, but I, I, I want to make sure we keep her safe. I really, really do. Because they don't take kindly to people leaving. In any country where Islamic law exists, you convert, you die. Okay. That's just what happens. Thank God we live in the United States and we have the Constitution. That's why we cannot allow Sharia in any way, shape, or form, because it is the Constitution that protects someone like Q, codename, protects her right to leave Islam and to not be killed. She doesn't have that right in those countries. People, how does this not matter to you? How do, how do leftists create these sex trafficking nonprofits, which is good? which is good. You should be involved with that. We should stop the sex trade. Absolutely. How do they create these battered women's shelters and talk about abuse toward women, which is good. You should never lay a hand on a woman. You should never abuse a woman. How do they do this and then absolve Islam of the most abhorrent treatment of women, of the most gross violations of women's rights anywhere in the world, historically, all the time, day after day after day after day? By the way, in doing research for this, what she said about Islamic marriage not being recognized so they could have multiple wives? We, look, we looked it up. Jared had it. It was, what, over 100,000? 50 to 100,000 examples of people with multiple wives. And by the way, that's way lower than you know exists in actuality because it's hard to register because they're not actual marriages. They're not even recognized by the government. You're talking about 2 point something million Muslims. 
depending on the source that exists in the United States, and you have six figures of them with multiple wives? And then you mean to tell me to say it's hateful to ban Islamic law? Not Muslims, but to ban any kind of Islamic law in the country? Polygamy is already illegal. <sighs> By the way, the same thing applies to the, the, the minority sects of Mormonism out there, you know, out west who want to live in those communes. So I'll, I'll be consistent there. It's just much more prevalent with Islam. Sorry, Fun Dip, you were leaning back. You were, what was so funny to you earlier? Oh, just how excited you get about this stuff. I just, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Yeah, you get all hopped up, and it's like, man, I, I, I never get that excited about anything anymore. I don't know if it's because I'm old and I don't have the energy, but when I watch somebody get that animated, it just, for some reason, it was very amusing, even though you were talking about a really serious subject. Just like Robert Downey Jr. in that uh, film where Jamie Foxx is playing the, uh, is it the violin or the cello, and he says, I wish I cared about anything as much as that man cares about music. Yeah, because I don't care about anything. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Not as much as you do. I just hit the mic with my headphones. I'm sorry, listener. You're, you're, you know, listen, it's the way I am. I'm a passionate guy. I feel deeply, and, and this is something that is, I mean, I, I talked with this, this girl about it on air. Listen, I was there was at Centennial Regional High School in Greenfield Park, Quebec, and I had friends who are no longer friends who weren't at all unhappy with 9-11. Okay? Are they terrorists? No, those friends weren't terrorists, but they certainly hated America and sided with whoever was fighting them. Cla graduating class of 2004, Centennial Regional High School, you can look it up. And that shaped my worldview. Man. Do we need to take a break and then come back before the half hour? Did we yeah. not take our minute? Oh, yeah, gosh, it's 8.20. So, gosh, I got so wound up about it. I just, you know, that's what... That's what uh, Woman beating, gay killing, anti-Christian, anti-free speech Islam does to me. Louder with Crowder. Stay tuned. You're listening to Louder with Crowder. Thank you very much. You are. And Fun Dip Dan, the most insubordinate producer in all of radio, will be off of his phone. What phone? Good. Thank I just you. brought in my laptop. No. I feel like a teacher. And we won't be chewing gum. No chewing gum. No writing notes. No playing with your Rubik's Cube under the desk. <laughs> no, that's not a euphemism. The Rub Rubik's Cube, was, that was the Asian kid. I still, I'm working on trying to figure that thing out. I've been trying to figure it out since the 80s. Racist joke time. I found the only Asian to cheat off of in high school who failed math. So I failed math. <laughs> was it Thanks. Dave Kim? No, his name was Kevin Ip. His name was Kevin. Actually, and Kevin Ip was a great guy. You know what? I, I, I feel bad 
saying, well, I shouldn't say his name, but actually he was a great guy. He's a little bit nutty, though. I mean, he was his parents were from China. You know, it only been there a couple of years. I think he was actually born in China and he was partially deaf. So he didn't speak English very well. And we'll go back to debunking all these these myths of Islam. By the way, we'll come back with a number of you of London Muslims who support ISIS. So I want you to tweet me at S Crowder. Tweet me at S Crowder what you think that number is. Guess how many, guess what percentage of Muslims in London support ISIS. We'll get you that after the break. So we had Kevin Ipp, and he was partially deaf. And uh, I remember he would, I mean, he was full on Chinese. You know, he would come in with the weird food and, it, you know, his lunchbox always smelled bizarre. And his, his house was like in a, in a community that was entirely Chinese when I went to go visit him. And uh, he had the he had the what they call the tiger mom. I mean, they did hours of homework. His name was Kevin Ip, and I remember I felt so bad because he was so he was so nice, but he was so annoying. Like he was really, really hard to take in in high doses. And he would always go, Steve. And I, it's not a real like Chinese accent, believe me. But I'm this is exactly what he sounded like because he was partially deaf, so it was sort of a weird mix. He'd go, Stephen, Stephen, are you my friend? Are you my friend? Like, you would always ask for confirmation. I'd be like, shut up. Yes, Kevin, I'm your friend. Because you'd get it like 20 times a day. Are you my friend? And so I always felt really bad for him. But I went to his house once and then never again. And the reason was, for me growing up, I mean, I was a film kid, right? So all my friends, that's kind of what we did. We went to the movies. We would watch, play video games. So that's what you did. And when I went to his house, I remember I was watching Bats with Louis Gossett Jr. You may not remember that movie. It was terrible. And he would, I've never met anyone like this in my life. He would ruin everything where he'd go, oh my God, Steven, oh my God, you're not going to believe this. Oh, here the back come out there and it bite him in his face. I'm like, Kevin, Kevin, this is my first time seeing the film, bro. I don't want you to, no, 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 I just tell you what, no, Kevin, I don't want, I don't want you to tell me, okay? Thanks, but I, I want to watch it and enjoy it for myself. Oh, okay, okay, sorry. So this then, is pre-no-spoilers phrase. Right, pre-no-spoilers. And then finally, like, he would do it three, four times. We're like, Kevin, stop it, man. Okay, sorry. And then we would go on, and he'd go, oh, my God, oh, my God, this part's so scary. Oh, I'd, I'd be like, Kevin, stop. I never tell you what part. I only tell you it's very scary. It's very scary. I'm like, it's still, if you warn me that it's scary, Kevin, it can no longer be scary. And I spent at least 70% of that that film-watching experience telling him why he couldn't ruin it for me, teaching him on the etiquette of film. And then he gave me those Chinese, I don't know what you would call them, the pokey sticks. Remember those sticks? Chopsticks. No, 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 no. The sticks that you would eat. It was like a, it was like a, almost like a, almost like a, a, a what do you call it? Like breadsticks, but really thin. And it was like dipped in some kind of like a oh, yogurt. Oh, yeah. I know what you're, those aren't, I think, specifically Chinese. I think those are from Japan as well. Well, the but they, they ha yeah, they have them at, uh, they have them at like the international food aisle, and they're really yeah. good. They even have Hello Kitty brand ones. Okay, well, what you, so we just called them. We were like the ch we yeah, called pocky them sticks. I think is that what they are? Pocky sticks? Yeah, I think that's what it is. Oh, okay. So I called them pokey sticks. So that was only half accurate. But Kevin Epp, love you. Sorry, I haven't spoken to you in years, but I'm hoping that you're doing really well now with a smoking hot wife, and uh, you know. Hopefully you treat her better than, than Muslims treat their wives. 
I know we have some Muslim friends from Centennial who are married, and they're beating the crap out of those broads. Ladder with Crowder after the break. Hey, this is Steven Crowder with Louder with Crowder to tell you about one of my favorite sites on the web, AR15.com. I know you hear AR15 say, isn't that the scary black rifle? It is, but AR15.com is actually the best website if you want a community from which to learn about how to care for your gun, gun safety, where to find concealed permits, courses, as well as the best online gun store in the business. I'm talking ammo, accessories, upgrades, all of it can be found at AR15.com. That's AR15.com. So glad to be back. Do you have your hiccups out of the system there, Fun Dip? <laughs> I think I've gotten over them now. I had one really big hiccup while I'm trying to read the traffic. I think I had eaten too much marmalade on my sandwich. Good Lord. What oh. a dork. My dad, by the way, sent me a message letting me know that he had a Hebrew national last night, and it was glorious. Oh, they are so good. They are delicious. Before we went to the break, we teased you, and now we're going to answer. What is the number of Muslims in the UK who support ISIS? When polled, so what is the number of them who openly support ISIS? Fun dip. What do you think? Go. 78%. 80%. You were very close. 80% of London Muslims support ISIS. <sighs> So, and then 12% of Muslims openly support terrorism, if you look at that. Uh, you know, listen, it's a, little, it's a little tougher to get an answer from Muslims. Hey, do you support terrorism? Yeah! You know, but if you ask them about ISIS, you frame in the question, 80% of Lond uh, London, London Muslims, London Muslims support terrorism, uh, support ISIS. So, and the series of polls, if you take them, if you take them, if you zone in the questions, most of them do. So what that, what Q said in the interview, the lady who we just spoke with who left Islam, that his entire family was sympathetic to and supported ISIS and al-Qaeda, that's not atypical. That's the rule. That's the norm. Uh, and, and the domestic abuse, let's talk about that real quick. Again, this comes from IkraSense.com. Learn Quranic Wisdom. So this is a Muslim site, okay? So you know they're going to try and pick the most favorable statistics. And this site says that there is a problem with Muslim women in America, 20% of them are abused. This is from a pro-Muslim site talking about America, where the abuse to wives under Islam would be lower than anywhere else in the world because that's the one place where women still have some kind of legal, uh, legal systems in place to, to protect themselves. And they say 20%. Again, those numbers are always higher than reported particularly with, with Muslim uh, domestic abuse, because what happens if you try and come forward, you're gone. You never speak again. You never, you're never seen again. Your kids are taken from you. And even those people, the pro-Muslim apologists, are saying it's not as widespread. This is, again, ikrasense.com, learn Quranic wisdom. They're trying to say it's not as big of a problem as it's blown. It's only 20% of American women who receive domestic abuse. 
not to mention emotional abuse. And by the way, they don't consider, this is a Muslim site, so they wouldn't consider, hey, you're not allowed to go outside unless you get permission. You're not allowed to work. You're not allowed to have friends. They wouldn't consider that abuse. So they're talking about, when they say 20% of Muslim American women's, they're talking about swatting your broad. That's what they're talking about. And it's higher than 20%. So uh, we have more numbers here to get to. Uh, let's see. Let's see. We've got so many, 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 many numbers. Oh, gosh. The form of abuse that women's endure, uh, form of abuses that women endure in Islam. Uh, okay. UK. She was talking about, right, how most Islamic marriages aren't recognized. She said, no, they're not recognized so they can get several wives. And so there, there would be no stats on it. Uh, again, I use the UK because it's the one example where obviously there's a huge Muslim population and because of political correctness, because of multiculturalism, it's the closest thing you could have to what leftists want in America, right? It, it wouldn't be fair to apply Islamic country uh, results to the United States because they're horrible places. They are all, every single one of them is horrible, horrible, horrible places, uh, are horrible places, Islamic countries, and the laws would never fly here. But liberals in the United States are pretty dang close to the same leftists in Europe. So the UK is a great example. Uh, fun dip, let me ask you. Guess, get off your phone and guess how many marriages in the UK do you think, how many Muslim marriages do you think are recognized officially? Officially recognized? By, like, like, this, by the government? Yeah. 40% maybe? 25. 75% of Muslim marriages in the UK are not legally recognized. They happen so under Islam. They don't get any kind of tax break or anything like that. It happens under Islamic law. So, do you have any? Do you have any idea as to the ramifications to what that happens when 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 there's no official recognition of marriage? The, there's no protection to the woman. There's no. I mean, there's there's. We have child support laws. We have divorce laws. We have civil courts. None of that can apply. You have to leave it to the Islamic courts, to the Sharia courts. And those are courts that say women have to have uh, multiple witnesses to prove a rape, that women have no right to divorce their husband. The husband can leave her and not pay her if he says divorce, divorce, divorce three times. And because there's no legal recognition, it has to go to the Muslim Sharia courts, and all of that is permissible. And this is why it is imperative that the U.S. allow gay people to marry each other legally so that there's there are protections for the two individuals, so that there are rights for the two individuals. You, you got to stand up for marriage. Well, I would say the collectively. I would say the exact opposite in the sense that um, I this is an argument against the libertarian argument that the government should not be involved in recognizing marriage at all. That why is the government involved at all? It should just be up to churches or institutions. Well, you can't have that. You can't have that with this. You can't have it in the face of Islam because then everyone recognizes marriage differently. They have different laws. These women who are married under Islamic law are not protected under the same kinds of laws as a woman who is legally married. When you have women who say, well, I'm living with my boyfriend and it's the same thing. It's just the same thing. It's just marriage is a piece of paper. No, it's not. It's not the same thing. And that is why in the United States, and they recognize this threat, they set parameters. They decided we want to encourage and we want to recognize the smallest central building block to government. Before any kind of government, we want to encourage and foster an environment of mother, father, children. That's, that's why the government got into 
the business of recognizing marriage. That's the only reason why. So, you know, if we want to change that, fine. But that's the only reason the government recognize mar- recognizes well, marriages. Why can't it recognize mother-mother-children or, or father-father-children? Well, it hasn't, and the reason they don't, we don't have enough stats on that yet, the reason they don't is because every single statistic we have available and every single uh, historical example we have available, available says that a society does better and children thrive when there is a mother, a father in the household for children. And, and that was, again, recognized during a time when we wanted to go forward and populate planet or populate not planet earth but uh america they wanted to encourage that and they wanted to make sure it wasn't people just going around screwing you know in the in the brothels and just random kids they wanted to make sure it was hey mommy daddy children we're going to make it easier on you if you go forward and you create the central nuclear film uh family as the building block for the american way of life now why would i say so uh well let me tell you this I, I don't believe, and that's the, now we get into the, the whole transgender issue too, and everything is blurred. I don't believe, this is just me personally, Fundip, I do not believe that men and women are fundamentally interchangeable. I don't believe it. I believe they're different. It's not, that's why it's not the same as interracial marriage. It's not the same as intercultural marriage, Islam notwithstanding, you know, a Polish person and a, uh, an Irish person. I believe that a black mother can provide anything to a child that a white mother can. I do not believe that a man can provide anything to a child that a mom can. And I don't believe that a woman can provide everything that's given and needed from a father that a man can. Even a lesbian woman? I don't. No. I don't believe that a woman and a man are fundamentally interchangeable. I believe well, no, that but they're close enough. I mean, it's all just people. No, it's not. Statistically, it's not. Statistically, the, the, the numbers differ wildly on children who have fathers versus children who have fatherless households. And I'm not just talking, not just mothers. The statistics well, are very different One a father. One parent only, I think, would probably do a disservice to the kids because you don't have two people nagging them to do their homework or to pick up their toys. No, uh, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. That's, that's, you're a smart guy, but that's a logical fallacy. I'm not talking about telling a kid to pick up his toys. I am talking about a child having the balance of what can be imparted from a father, from a masculine figurehead, and a mother. Entire societies have been based on this, on one or the other, on matriarchal or patriarchal, because every society since the beginning of time has recognized the different values in genders. I'm not talking about picking up Legos. Okay, now what if you have a family where the woman is smarter, the woman has a better job, the, the guy is a wuss, he likes stuffed animals uh, and cats. How, how do you wrap around how the kid's going to turn out then? Well, hypothetically. I think your kids are going to need some serious therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that if you were to sack up a little bit, Arr. that uh, I still think there's something that you bring to the table as a father that another woman can. Well, I definitely will call Ben a moron when he's acting like one. I, I learned I, that from Murray. I mean, it's it's the same. It, men and women are intrinsically different, and they are intrinsically of unique value that is exclusive to their sex. That's just, listen, that's my opinion, okay? Now, the government recognized that and said, this is why this is an important building block to the American way of life. That's what they wanted to be 
at the center of the United States. Now, I will, I'll, I'll, I'll give you this. We don't have enough data on uh, same long-term studies on same-sex couples uh, versus uh, husband and wife couples uh, with their children, how they turn out. We have a lot of data, empirical data, that proves that single-parent households are not. As a matter of fact, the single greatest indicator we have right now, the number one indicator to a child's success, whether he goes to school, whether he finishes school, whether he does drugs or not, whether he has behavioral disorders, whether he graduates college, whether he gets a job, whether he ends up in prison, the single biggest determining factor is does he have a mommy and a daddy? And very important, are they still together? And in particular, is daddy around? That is, those are the statistically biggest, they're the biggest indicators we have of a child's success. It's not, did we give them a better school? It's not, did we teach them tolerance? It's not that we provide enough social programs. Did we provide enough extracurricular activities? That is the biggest indicator of a child's success. So even if the dad's a total dork, it's I'm still, or this hypothetical dad <laughs> is still good for the kid. Yes. Outstanding. I mean, unless you're abusive, obviously that's a problem. But well, no, no, having a really. present father is very important. Listen, you're, you are a dork, okay? But the fact is, the fact that, you know, that, that you like Star Trek and, and you're a little and bit Star of Star Wars and Doctor And Star Who. Wars doesn't make you a bad father. You love your children and you're there to support them, fun dip. So, of course, your child is better off having you in there. Come on, let's not sell yourself short. <laughs> anyway, this is coming off the fact that Muslim marriages are not, 75% of Muslim marriages are not re recognized in the UK. They can have multiple marriages. They can abuse their wives. It's very, very common. Women are not allowed to leave the home. A man can divorce her with three words, divorce, divorce, divorce. Um, a lot of these women are tricked into conversion and then suffer abuse. All of these things are here in front of me right now. And we will have this up at louderwithcrowder.com. So I say this because we want to protect this woman who came in and gave a great interview. And we want to use this as a turning point to educate you on what is needed to protect women in this country. Louder with Crowder, we will wrap this up in a nice bow for you after the break. You're listening to Louder with Crowder. Visit louderwithcrowder.com and follow Stephen at S. Crowder. Follow Fundip at Fundip Dan. You're listening to Louder with Crowder. What's wrong with you, Fundip? You weren't talking to me during the break. You were acting like I wasn't even alive. Oh, I probably didn't have the thing turned on to listen to you. Oh, how dare you. So, And I wasn't looking at the screen. I was uh, focusing on uh, my other things that I have to do. Oh, all right. Like uh, tweet. <laughs> Where's that from? Name that movie line. Oh, all right. Does sound familiar. Okay, I'll give you the scene. I'll give you the scene. Okay. Uh, she offered us a first-class ticket, uh, earrings, uh, a watch, and uh, my wife's already got earrings, my dangly ones. Uh, please, I'm asking from a mother to a mother. Oh, Ed. Oh, all right. Oh, well, that's from, uh, is that It's a Wonderful Life? No, it's Home Alone. 
Oh, gosh. I saw Home Alone like once or twice. Oh, gosh. That's a classic. What is wrong with you? Well, you were younger than me, so by the time it came out, when I saw it, I thought it was stupid. How dare you? Of all the things that you have said that are offensive, and you, you've said a lot of <laughs> offensive things. <laughs> this is the greatest affront. You, you like what, Home Alone? I like Home Alone more than you like Star Trek. That's that's inconceivable. It is absolutely true. And oh, there's I, a lot more Star Trek to like. There's a lot deeper meaning to Star Trek. If this were not the last segment of the program, I would give you a piece of my mind to chew on and you would choke, sir. You would choke, sir. If you so, fry it up like a nice uh, crendler, oh man, fried brain. That was in uh, where to go. Hannibal, where the guy made him. Yeah, eat. yeah. Ugh, disgusting. That was Home Alone. Oh, all right. We were just sitting there. Jared and I were talking about that going, do you realize that every single person in this scene, with the exception of Catherine O'Hara, is now dead? <laughs> I mean, that's just what happens. You don't think about it. You're like, oh, that movie's not that old. It was 93. I mean, the, the people who were in it were in their 70s playing old people in 93. There's no way they made it out of the 2000s alive. Yeah, so in 93, I'm living in probably Taos at the time. With one small movie theater, I don't think I saw a. I don't think I saw a movie for probably two or three years there, other than the big blockbusters where I would drive down to Saginaw. By the way, oh, this is an interesting stat for people who don't know: the top murder capitals of the United States. Have you seen that list? No, share me. The worst cities. Okay, so I read like the top thirty list. Take a guess what number one was. Flint. Uh, it was Detroit, and then Flint was second, and then Saginaw was number five. Oh yeah, yeah. If you're if you're living inside the city limits of Saginaw, it's kind of dangerous. I lived in Saginaw Township when I eventually moved to Saginaw. Well, there, there's no other state that had three in the top twenty. Hey, and we, we we had three in the top five. We don't have all of the greatest sports teams in the world. We don't have a lot of things, but we can do one thing right in Michigan. We can murder people. We can kill your ass. <laughs> we are very good at it. You know what's funny, though? And you've never, I'm amazed that you've never been out to western Michigan. Western well, I've, I've gone out there a couple of times. My wife and family and I went out to Lake Michigan, and then there's some small lake that comes off of it. And I've been to uh, Traverse once. But uh, mostly I don't know how you like go Northeast. there once. You live in Michigan, and that's one thing with people who live in Michigan. You have Western Michigan. You have Grand Rapids, right? Number one city to visit now. Groupon, number one place to raise a family. Heritage Hill area, uh, relocate America. Time after time after time, Beer City, USA, for several years running more breweries, the best breweries per capita, most sustainable city in the country. And then shut up, fun dip. I'm finishing here. And then you go northern Michigan, Leelanau County, most beautiful county in all of North America, Sleeping Bear Dunes, most beautiful national park. There's so much for it to offer. Why are you having a seizure? Northeastern Michigan needs love too. Presque County represent, Iosco County represent, Alpena County represent, man. That's what I'm saying. Tawas Point Lighthouse, yeah, yeah. 40 Mile Point Lighthouse, Old Presque Isle, New Presque Isle, uh-huh. Kelly's Venture in Pizza on US 23. Outstanding. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Where do they all go for vacation, asshat? Hail. <laughs> they go to Traverse. 
They go to Leelanau County. That's my point. It's gorgeous up there. Although, actually, we shouldn't talk I about it. I like the sunrise side of the state. I want to wake up, see the sun coming up over the lake. I want to see you drown in the lake. <laughs> After your hatred for Home Alone, my wife got mad. She's like, enough with the Home Alone references. The two is, I don't think we made it. That was the second one in the show. Apparently we made one. You made one, one on the internet like two days ago about the stupid talk boy or whatever it was. Oh, oh, that's right. We made it with the guest. That's right. About the talk boy. Um, all right. So we have to wrap this up here. We, we brought it back to the funny, to the entertaining. I wouldn't go that far. But please go to go to. <laughs> no wonder everyone who's approached us about syndication demands control. <laughs> We've been approached like, hey, we really like your show, but we want to get a little bit of control. No, oh, we're not going to take it. We like you. But not, not that so stupid jerk that's sitting there in the Star Trek shirt. We're not so sure about him, and we're not so sure about the, uh, can you tone it down? Like, no, no, I can't. So please, uh, listener, go to louderwithcrowder.com this week. There are going to be some developments. This is the first time I'm, I'll be calling on you. We need some some help with some issues here and getting the word out. We need some help in protecting Q. We're going to be following up with her and seeing how she's doing. She's currently in the process of leaving Islam, and Muslims don't take kindly to that. There is going to be a very serious target, and there is, and it's mounting and it's growing. And you need to understand something. I want to leave you with this. When people talk about Muslims, about radicalism, about terrorists, for every terrorist blowing someone up, there's five, six, seven, 20 husbands abusing their wives in the UK here for supporting ISIS. There are people who support the prosecution and the death of those who draw Muhammad. This woman who married into a family where she was not allowed to work, she was not allowed to leave the house, she was abused. She's an American woman who converted to Islam. This is the, the Americanized intermarrying family, and his entire family supported ISIS. It's important that you remember this. Remember her example, because that is the face of moderate Islam. And we are going to fight it. Please go to louderwithcrowder.com. Help us. See you next week.